Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show. I'm Eric Fisher, the Big E on WDUZ, and we are broadcasting live, well not live when you're listening, but we are broadcasting live. It's from, live for us. It's, it's live for us. From the Riverwood Gallery in Mean Your True Value Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. The voice you just heard was my in-person co-host this week, being Ramsey Thompson. How you doing, buddy? Awesome, guys. How you doing? And I'm doing great as well. And the other voice you'll be waiting for is joining us via Zoom, the coach, Justin Dahl. How you doing, bud? Hey, everything's going good. We we finally locked in the Zoom call, and uh, I'm ready to hit it. All right. So that said, before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the episode, got to do some thank yous. And we wouldn't be doing a podcast if it wasn't for our friends and family, our listeners, our core base. And that all said, we had an amazing release weekend last weekend. We're officially on all four of our platforms that we planned on being. That being Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and rss.com slash root for Wisconsin. So couldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for everyone who shared our video, liked our Facebook page, followed us on Twitter, listened to the podcast, you know, gave us feedback. Wouldn't be here without you. And we're going to continue doing this, not just for ourselves, but also for you. Yep. Um, so thank you so much. <laughs> continue, please, to share the Facebook page, share our content. Um, without you guys, we'd be you know three dudes, or in this case, two dudes and a dude on a Zoom call, sitting in a room talking about sports that no one cares about. And, I mean, we would do that anyway. Yeah. But I mean, it's more fun to sit here and do it on a microphone. So For the consumer. Honestly. For the consumer, for our friends and family, for the people who don't know us yet, and hopefully will. So that said, a little bit of promotional hype here, too. We have an Aaron Jones jersey sitting here in our studio that we want to give away. I don't know if I want to give it away. But we're going to. Oh. We, we are it. going to. It looks really good there, though. It does look really good where it is. That said, it could be yours. How do you get said jersey? By sharing our initial <laughs> Facebook video. And we'll have some other things that you can share on our Facebook page as well. That gives you a chance to win that video. You have to share the post as well as be liking the page to be entered to win. As of right now, again, huge thank you. 175 plus people have liked the page. Only 50 video shares right now. Math doesn't add up. I went to Surin and I know that math doesn't add up. I went to Gillette and, I mean, our math's a little bit better, but not too much and that still doesn't add up. So that said, continue to like that video, share the video. We, we don't want to give it away, but we also want somebody to enjoy it. As much as you enjoy this show, if not more. At least to start with. Am I eligible to win the jersey? Unfortunately, Ramsey, Justin, and I are not eligible to win the jersey. That said, anybody else is. Ramsey's sister could win it. And we don't necessarily want that because it's just going from one bedroom to the other. We don't want Ramsey's wife to win it or Justin's wife. Not that that wouldn't be cool. But we want you, the listeners, to win it. Someone that's not in our immediate household. Someone that we can't just be like, here you go, you know, within a two-minute span. We want to have to ship it out, and we want you to get these extra prizes. So go share that video. We'll be doing some extra content here. And as the Packers season goes along, hopefully with some more wins here, at least hopefully three more, 
At least three more. Yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, at, three at more. At least three more. At least three more. <laughs> <laughs> As the Packers season continues, your prize could be better. Should the Packers win against the Rams this weekend, we're going to add some stuff onto that giveaway. Should the Packers win the NFC Championship game if they get there and go to the Super Bowl, we are going to add something onto that prize. Should the Packers win the Super Bowl, we're adding even more onto that prize package. Wow. And that's coming out of our wallets. We don't, I mean, we have a sponsor here with the Minger Drew Value Riverwood Gallery. They're giving us the jersey. We're doing the rest mm-hmm. as of right now. If, you, if you're a business out there and you want to maybe sponsor a package. Duke's Mail. Duke's Mail, maybe. Send Sports. Send Sports. We'll get to them in a little bit here, too. If you want to be a sponsor, that's awesome. Hit us up. But if not, we'll do it out of our own pockets because we want yep. you to win. We want you to listen. We love the feedback, good, bad, whatever, and it's going to help make this show even better. That said, now that we got the business out of the way, now that we got the uh, heartfelt emotions out of the way, let's talk some sports and some Wisconsin culture, guys. So as we start off every episode, we start off with what we rooted for. Get it, you know, root. Root for Wisconsin, what we <laughs> rooted for. <laughs> Creative. I know, right? That said, Ramsey, what did you root for in the last week? Uh, Tom Brady taking out the Washington football team. Go on. Big TB12 brand. Let's do some avocado ice cream or something. Not a big fan of avocados, but it's clearly working for the dude. You know, we saw that picture of him and George Blanda Sitting at 43. And <laughs> George Blanda looks like a... This isn't going to be a fair comparison because Georgia Blanda is a legend in this sense, but he looks like a Walmart brand Johnny Cash. He was smoking cigarettes during games. Like halftime. and Allegedly playing poker and a jock during halftime. Yeah. Swinging. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, Swinging hips Blanda. Tom Brady's over here. Yeah. Avocado ice cream. Massages <clears throat> all day. And it's working for him. Still, he's 43 years old, still killing the NFL, has a chance to get to the NFC Championship game. We'll break that down a little bit later as well. He's gotten here this far, though. So, yeah, good good call, Ramsey. Good route for. Justin, what did you root for this last week? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, something so terribly bad that tastes in my mouth. But I rooted for the Bears to beat the Saints, A, because the Saints are a damn good football team. And B, we know we could shit stomp the Bears. So uh, I was kind of rooting for the easiest route to the NFL uh, to the NFC Championship, and uh, unfortunately, that did not happen. I think we got a, a a good good prize, a second prize, if you will, in getting uh, the Rams with a limp Jared Goff. So he will officially I, start, I, by the way, too. That news yeah. came out today. So I, you know, we, I didn't get my complete wish, but it was a good second place. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to, you know, what they say to beat the best or to be the best, you got to beat the best. So I, I get yeah, your line of thinking, but everyone wants the kind of easier route, and that would have been yeah. a great route to go to get there. I'm going to take the floor here. What I rooted for this week, and that was. My alma mater, once again, getting some love on the show. The Green Bay Phoenix men and women's basketball teams. The Green Bay men 
went two and all this weekend. The Green Bay women went two and all this last weekend. Green Bay men took a sweep of the Oakland University Golden Grizzlies. The Green Bay women swept Detroit Mercy, both at the Crest Event Center. Unfortunately, no fans, and there, there won't be any of the rest of the regular season in the Rising League. But still a great weekend. You know, the Green Bay men's team got off to a, well, a slow start. I mean, they played five, uh, five really good non-conference games. Uh, played Wisconsin, played Minnesota, played Marquette, played Northern, or they were supposed to play Northern Iowa. That game got canceled, played uh, Eastern Illinois. And uh, some, some really good opponents. Uh, trying to get that first elusive win for a coach, Will Ryan, son of Bo Ryan. It kind of evaded them at times, and then they've been hot now. They're officially, like I said, they're, they've won their last three contests, times out, so they'll be back in action at this time tomorrow night, Friday night, and back in action Saturday. I believe they've got IUPFW or IPFW. Uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne is the, the shortened version. Um, so they'll be in action this weekend, and look forward to that. Green Bay women also in action this weekend, as per usual, with the Horizon League. Another great set of uh, games for the Green Bay women this weekend. Um, you know, kind of getting back. They've had a lot of freshmen for the first time really ever. A lot of freshmen versus a lot of experience in the Horizon League. Um, took it on the collar in the first weekend of Horizon League basketball but have played really well since then. I believe they're on a four-game win streak and swept Detroit Mercy this last weekend. So another, like I said, just another good um, outing. And they're starting to uh, get their identity as a team. And I know, Justin, you can kind of relate to that. Finally finding that identity as a team, a younger team um, that has a tradition of excellence and stepping into that mold finally. Yeah, when a team when a team gels together and it, and it starts to click, it can be it can be a, a, a beautiful thing to watch, like poetry in motion almost. Um, it, it it's fun. It's it, it you can see a pass ahead. Yeah, I mean just all of it. When it when it clicks, you know it clicks. You can feel the click, and, and you know you're destined for a good run, um, as a team. So. I think that's a little bit of what we're seeing with the Phoenix. Um, they, they've worked hard. They've got through some kinks, and it's starting to click a little bit under uh, Coach Ryan's system, uh, and they're working together and figuring it out, and, and, and it's certainly uh, showing up in the win column. Yeah, absolutely. So that said, we go from what was really good this week and what we rooted for into the negative. We go Tyler Hero, Noogie of the Week Award winner. If you don't know, Tyler Hero – is a douche, in my opinion. I don't think any of the three of us like Tyler Hero. He ditched out on the Wisconsin Badgers, went to the Miami Heat as a one-and-done, um, just kind of looks like a tool. Good for him, though. I mean, he's in the NBA making millions. We're all sitting here on a podcast talking about him. Tyler, if you ever want to build a bridge and mend this fence and come on the show, the invitation is yours. You may have to let us give you a noogie just for a photo op here. But the door is open. I will say that. I'm not going to completely rule him out, but I don't think he'll want to do it. Um, you know, speaking of not doing the show, I had someone on the ban list I thought of the other day that I'm like, no way they're on the show. Who's that? I, forget, I can't remember who it was. Great content, Ramsey. I know. <laughs> so I will start off first. I have a couple noogies to give out this week. Um, first, I'm going to give myself a half noogie for loving underdogs and only betting on underdogs in games. 
Um, not that, so I was betting legally this weekend, this last weekend in the wild card round on an unofficial partnership that we want to make a partnership. So hopefully they're listening through sentsports.com. Sentsports is a legal gambling site that you can, it's essentially a pick em that you don't actually pay money into, but you can cash out. Justin knows a little bit more about that. So I'll give the floor to him quick. Justin. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a great little site that uh, is is uh, funded by ads. Um, I mean, it gets a little little hairy when you just got to watch ads, but they they essentially give you uh, fifty cents to a dollar to uh, start out, and 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 if you uh, are a good enough better to get up to fifty bucks, you can you can cash out at that in a in a PayPal advance. And and they only send out uh, two hundred dollar PayPal checks, but uh, it's just a great little website. Uh, that it's just a fun pickup, that really. You, that yeah, you can, you can really have win. fun with. Yeah. So again, gamble responsibly. Don't want to you know make this bad or degenerate, but gamble responsibly. Whole you know whole wholesome thing with that. That said, I uh, took a look at the Titans money line on Sunday morning. Saw it was at plus 165. I could have seen that game going the Titans' way. I mean, very realistically. I mean, they kind of boat raced them last year. I could have seen it happening. So I was like, you know what? I'll put 10 cents on this. Put down my dime. Lost the game. And I've kind of noticed that's been a thing with my bending, betting trends. Is that I'll bet lines I can profit from. And they don't always win because obviously they're underdogs. They're not supposed to win. So give myself a half noogie on that. I'm also going to give myself a half noogie because as I was editing last weekend, my headphone jack in my laptop broke. I got up to go grab myself a refreshment, came back with said refreshment, tried to put my headphones on and they were cooked underneath the laptop one way and then back over another way. Headphone jack snapped inside and I did just about everything I could to get it out and it wouldn't come out. I put, you know, I tried doing it with a pen, tried using a pin, using glue on the end of a pen. All that said, nothing worked. Had to override my audio system um, so I could just get it to place the speakers as opposed to having the headphone jack inside. And the only mention this we're going to make, we did try doing an episode before we recorded this one um, with a guest who is going to remain a surprise right now. Ooh. Um, great, great guest. It was electric, and it's just a damn shame that you guys aren't going to get to hear it right now. He is going to join us at some point in the near future. I can't wait to have him back on, even though it'll be the first time, technically. So I'm going to give myself a half noogie for that. The biggest noogie, though, my full noogie, is going to Geek Squad technical support. Pay all this money for this Geek Squad protection plan. And I took the laptop in after I tried doing my remedies to it, which, I mean, I never at any point voided the warranty. Granted, it's a four-year-old computer, so the warranty's kind of up anyway. But you want to what less than useless. I took it to Geek Squad. They looked at it for about a second and were like, yeah, it's going to be $85 to ship it to Louisville. You won't have it for about three or four weeks, um, which means we won't have episodes for three or four weeks. I'm not about to do that. Absolutely not. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. For literally a, I mean, probably could have took a tweezers if they really tried, but again, digress. And then just to fix the parts probably would have been somewhere between another 75 to $200, which is more than, I guess, a 
four-year-old laptop is probably worth. So that said, this is our first episode on my new laptop, guys. So shout out Best Buy, shout out my mom, Jody, uh, for helping me pick out this new laptop. Shout out my buddy Dylan Schritt as well for kind of going through the specs with me on this and finding the best laptop for our use. I really like it so far. I've had it for about two hours or three or four hours now. And uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot better already. So I guess all's well that ends well. And I'm going to defer the Florida Ramsey. Uh, my nugget of the week is Kyrie Irving. Okay. What a terrible teammate. Okay. Just ditching on his team. Hasn't been there in, what, six days now? Uh, Something like that, yeah. Six or seven. I mean, he's, it's been a while since Kyrie Irving's been around the Nets. And are we, we're not even really sure he's coming back. No, so, we, we are. He he has approved of the moves. He's going to be back soon. Are we that sure? That came out today. I don't think we're ever it's sure Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. That's what I'm saying. So he's, Kyrie Irving, I don't necessarily, I don't say he's a bad teammate. I would say he's a head case. But I find him so damn entertaining just because he's so out there. Ditching your team for a week in the middle of the season because you have personal reasons is not an acceptable reason to miss any time, especially if you're making, what, $420,000 a game. That's being a bad teammate. Again, like I said, I'm we're not I'm not gonna debate this because I know I'll probably lose, just given everything that's going on in the world right now. That said, I I'm always going to be entertained by Kyrie Irving. I have a, a debt of loyalty as I'm kinda of surprised that you I mean you do in a way with that Cleveland championship. That said, I think he's you know, in a lot of ways he's kinda of burned that goodwill too. The Cleveland championship was LeBron, not Kyrie. Kyrie helped him get there. But that's they're, not even a playoff team without LeBron on that team. No, I, I absolutely agree. They're not there without LeBron, but Kyrie, they don't win that championship without Kyrie Irving that year. Yeah, but if you had a different number two, I'm sure you would. LeBron was not being stopped. E- either way, either way. We're not going to get into that. This is a Root for Wisconsin show. I'm going to hit on it one more time. Kyrie Irving completely out. Bad teammate. Whack job. I think that Brooklyn locker room is just going to be a mess anyway. I can't I'm, wait. This is either going to end in like three or four championships. Or literally zero championships in the most toxic locker room ever. And maybe the most toxic place in New York. And I'm talking about like even like the sewer system in terms of toxicity. This is not going to be a good place, I think, for Brooklyn. There's only one ball. They have three ball-dominant ego maniacs. Two for sure. Kevin Durant can play off ball. He can, but he's still an ego maniac. And he has a mental fortitude of, what, a seven-year-old? Thereabouts, yeah. So... Um, that'll be entertaining as to how that goes down. Just to tie that to the Wisconsin Bucks 2022 pick that went to Cleveland, now goes to Brooklyn. No, it goes to Houston as part of the Brooklyn trade. I still think if you actually look at the pieces of that trade, that Brooklyn is the loser, even though they get James Harden, unless they win a championship. And even if they win one, I'm not a hundred percent sure that they're winning this trade. And, uh, as you can hear the Corgis in the background, Ramsey is going to step out to do a little bit of a dad dog or dog dad duty, I should say. So, that with that said, Justin, floor is yours. Uh, my noogie of the week is going to Juju Smith Schuster again for uh, yes, for <laughs> flipping off the mouth of saying the Browns is the Browns and, and that uh, and that they were. Uh, you know, not gonna be able to play with the uh, with the Steelers, and we all saw what the Steelers did. They totally laid an egg, and uh, so. No, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, just entertained by that game. I mean, 
when I saw those comments from Juju, I immediately thought the Browns are going to find a way to win this game. They don't have Kevin Stefanski. They're missing players all over the place, missing other coaches, and they're going to win yeah, this God. game. He's just a terrible, like a like a terrible teammate. I don't know why you want to give any team bulletin bulletin uh, type of stuff to bulletin board to, material is the word you're looking for. Yeah, there. yeah. To to you know feed feed the fire and and he does that every, almost every game. I was gonna say this isn't no even the first time it's happened. It happened so often down the stretch that you, they were one of five. Yeah, and you think that maybe. Maybe that means, like, hey, maybe I should stop doing this at some point. Like, I just keep pissing off other teams. Well, he's still talking, though. Him and, him and Clay, Chase Claypool. Yeah. Claypool are still talking, even though they got bounced out of the playoffs. By the Browns, who were without their head coach. And the right guard that's all pro. Yeah, I really think that was more of a Pittsburgh implosion than a Browns win. But I mean, Baker, May- Baker Mayfield looked elite. He looked like a... Uh, like a you know, franchise quarterback that's going to lead that Browns team to greatness over the next 10 years. He's a stud. Justin, and I, I, wish, I can't wait to watch him. I wish you could see the face that Ramsey's giving me right now. <laughs> I love Baker Mayfield with a lot of, you know, probably more than most people do as a fan outside of Cleveland. Yeah. I don't he say might that, break. He might break all of Drew Brees' records. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> like I said, I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan. I don't know if I'd use the word elite yet. So that was the worst take out of the <laughs> five episodes we've had. That's up there. I mean, I, I know it's done out of, a little bit out of jest, but at the same time, yeah, that's, that's that may not take. age well. You or or are just going to have to wait and see. He's got the perfect matchup with Stefanski. He's going to be the man for, for a long time. He's, he's Justin, found great footing in Cleveland. He's, he's, he's I on, want the, on the path for greatness. I want you to be right so bad. Like I said, I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. I want you to be right. I'm also realistic in the sense that I don't, like I said, he's a franchise. I think he's a franchise quarterback. I think that's a fair assessment where he is going to be a starter for a while. A franchise quarterback, when you pay the wrong quarterback, you end up with dysfunction in your playoff franchise. wins. Kirk Cousins. Again, you can't blame Minnesota on Kirk Cousins. Yes, other than his contract. Kirk Cousins was that's what you get when you pay the wrong quarterback. I don't. Disagree, Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm also saying I don't mass. think they have to pay him Kirk Cousins Whoa. money as a Think right about now. how much better the Rams would be off if they didn't give Goff that big deal. He has what like a yeah, fifty-six but... million dollar cap hit. If you don't Correct. pay Jared Goff that deal. You, Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Jared Goff is not a max contract quarterback, and that's well, no. But that's what happens. I don't Baker think Mayfield. anybody would disagree with that. So Baker Mayfield, you have to pay franchise quarterbacks. Supposedly, Baker Mayfield, Dak Prescott. When you pay those guys, overpay for them. That's when your franchise is going for ten years of dysfunction because you can't get anyone to help them because they need help around them to be a sufficient quarterback in the league. I don't think it I think it's too early to make that decision on Baker right now. Just because of the inconsistency he's had at the head coach and offensive coordinator spot, I think next year we'll have a true scope. Yes, but he he's the 17th ranked quarterback and you could argue he has probably the most talent around him. 
I, I, yeah, I, but, but, I can't think of a team that has more weapons across the offensive board than what Cleveland currently does. Maybe Kansas City, maybe Tampa Bay. But then again, he's not even the top 10 rated quarterback in the league right now. And he yeah, has but let's be real about it. There's only weapons. one elite quarterback in the league right now that that is doing more with less, and that's A-Rod. I mean, you look at his weapons around him, they're, they're nothing compared to anybody that has Beyond Devontae else. Adams, but there's about five weight quarterbacks in the league right now. No, I, I get what Justin's yeah. saying, but like I said, I don't. I think it's still too early to gauge the official judgment on Baker Mayfield. But the other thing to kind of keep in mind with Baker Mayfield, as you know, and to kind of discredit your point here, and, and we're going to move on from this in here in just a second. I'm going to say my piece here, and I'll give Ramsey one chance to rebuttal here. But the thing with Baker Mayfield is he doesn't have to be that elite quarterback right now because of the how good their run game is, and that's the whole basis of their offense. So his numbers inherently are going to be down because they run the ball so much. That's not a bad thing. It's just the nature of the situation. Right, but you have to run the ball because he doesn't do anything special. He doesn't have a special arm. You have to run the ball to establish He's, a pass. That's, that's, Scott, that's Badger football right there. And that's worked out real well from the last few years. Well, I mean, they were in the Cotton Bowl not too long ago. Yeah, but they're not anywhere near the they national title Rose scene. Ball two years ago. So, but I'm saying with Baker. Last year. I'm saying with Baker, though, you, he's not special enough to overcome talent at this point in his career. Could he get there? Maybe. But you see it with other quarterbacks who are in a similar draft class that he is. You see special. Baker Mayfield, you see Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can win games in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. That's fine. You're just not going to be able to overpay him and expect to be a playoff contending team. All right, we're going to wrap this up just because, like I said, we got to move on to other stuff here. Uh, we got to get to our Wisconsin recap, as we always do. The Badger basketball took a loss in a really bad fashion against uh, Michigan on Tuesday night. For the first time all season, it really got outclassed. I mean, they are still a very good team in college basketball. They are at the top of the Big Ten, but they are not the top team in the Big Ten. As of today, though. Well, as of today, and yeah. I mean, that can There's change lot, throughout the season. season but just a, a, for the first time really all season, they didn't, like I said, they didn't look up to the same class. And Michigan was on such a different level, and that's really a testament to that recruiting that they do there to Juwan Howard as a coach, kind of leading that group. Proving that you can be a Michigan alum and still be successful as a head coach. Hey, oh. But all that said, um, you know, just like I said, it just wasn't a great performance. The shooting numbers weren't great. They turned the ball over a lot. So a lot of unforced errors that led to that deficit and that, you know, bad of a game. But also, like I said, M- Michigan forced them into a lot of, you know, not great shots. And uh, I know Justin has some stuff to say about Dan Dockich on the commentary of that game, too. Man, he was so in love with uh, with Michigan. It was like he was just discrediting how how bad Wisconsin was playing. It was just a like a one off deal, and he was just saying that Michigan was so top tier and so so above this this level that Wisconsin could ever reach. It was this love affair that he had. Is that, and I'm usually a Dan Dockage guy. I love the way that he tells the story. I love that he's just blunt and right to it. 
uh, but I thought he was just really over the top. And I was gonna add, I, I want to add on to that. Dan Dockich, like I said, I am I am a big fan of Dan Dockich as an analyst of games. Mm-hmm. Watching that game the other night, it was kind of I guess entertaining, but also kind of annoying. Like for about three or four minutes of actual time, not basketball time, he's just dumping on Micah Potter. Michael Potter yeah. needs to, you know, listen to his coaches. He needs to stop talking and start shaking his head more. And, and you know, he tries to explain himself instead of just listening and blah, 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 blah. Then not 20 seconds later, he's like, you know, Badgers need Michael Potter back in the game. <laughs> what are you doing, Dan? What are you doing? That said. He's, uh, he's something that Dan Dockage. It, it was just, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen him give a little more credit to the fact that the Badgers are probably a better team than what they were putting out. Well, yeah, uh, I don't, too- I don't, I don't think that's a, a big disagreement though yeah. either. It's just, I mean, when you look at that game, at one point I think it was like sixty-five to thirty-two. Badgers tightened it up a little bit towards they, the end. They and, were down forty at one point. Yeah, and I mean that was like I said, Michigan executed on every front. And that's not to take away from the Wolverines. I think there was an element, like you're saying though, of the Badgers very underperforming too. Yes, and you have off nights, especially right. And as a team, oh. as a team that was so hot living and dying by the three towards the end of last year, they went on that eight game run because of how good they shot the ball. You're bound for a bad night. We see it with the yep. bucks. We see it with the Lakers. We see it with just about any other NBA team. The even Warriors when, even have those. I was going to say the NBA, you know, the Warriors, even at their peak with KD, clay, Steph, mm. Draymond, you name it. There are going to be nights where the ball just won't fall through and you're going to get rocked by an opponent that you shouldn't, not saying that they shouldn't have lost to that was a three-and-a-half-point spread on that game. Right. And, and it was so much more because of not great shooting. Um, so, yeah, so we'll touch on that. Big win for the Bucks last night. The final score I don't think is indicative of how the actual performance was. I believe it ended up being less than a 10-point game final score. I was told it wasn't close. I didn't watch it, but we I were, got the recap. Right. And it, I was told it was not close. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't. The final score isn't indicative of how the actual game was. Some growing pains still to go through here with the Bucks. I think they're still figuring out rotations and who fits where and roles in the team beyond Giannis, Middleton, and Drew. Um, I'm not going to get into Chris Middleton because I can already see Ramsey's wheels turning. And I know Justin's sitting there probably with a smile on his face and on his Zoom call here. Um, there it is. There it is. And uh, But anyway, like I said, there's lots of gel here yet. I don't think they're out of the running by any means no i and, think they're gonna win the east i think i think they're better than brooklyn still as of today yeah and in the nba all you have to do is get to the dance and milwaukee didn't have an offseason they have some new additions they have a, almost all new additions. yeah i mean you can't give them a few more weeks they're gonna get it figured out and they'll be fine yeah absolutely justin <clears throat> well uh you know i think milwaukee's a lot like uh like the green bay phoenix team you were you were talking about earlier. It's just a team that's that's gonna have to kind of find its way and and, and start finding the click and and then they're gonna really start uh, blowing teams out. I mean, it's not gonna take as long because you know when you have a stud like Chris Middleton on the team and he can carry the team when Giannis isn't out there. He's the best number two in the league. He uh, you know he doesn't he doesn't. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot to. to to gel with there, you know, just get him the ball and let him shoot the damn thing. But in all seriousness, uh, you know, you got like three <laughs> or four guys coming off the bench 
that that need to uh, kind of find their way. I think I think when uh, we were talking about it here earlier that Bobby Portis at one point was was leading the way with 11 points coming off of the bench. And, and you know, it's just a, a matter of finding w- where we're going to be and uh, how 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 uh, the other players tendencies are, are best suited for the team. And, and um, when that starts to gel, you're going to start seeing uh, some impressive basketball. Yeah, absolutely. That all said, we go from the Wisconsin recap, we're, going to turn the gears to NFL. Uh, we are going to talk heavily Packers on this episode. Before we can do that, though, we got to look at the week that was wild, Super Wild Card Weekend. I hate that name. Yeah, it's not great, but it is what it is. So, six games for the first time in uh, playoff history here. Six games one weekend. A lot of football to be watched. It was really entertaining as a whole. Five really good contests. Six really good broadcasts. We'll get to that in a second. We'll go in order here. A couple, just quick thoughts from each game. Start off Wild Card Weekend with probably the actual best football game mm-hmm. of the weekend. That being the Colts versus Bills. Twelve o'clock showdown Saturday. Bills pull it out two versus seven. That should not have been a two versus seven seed. If we're talking realistically here. No, I think the Colts are probably a top ten team in the league right now. I mean, they beat the Packers early this year, and the Packers are playing like the class of the NFC. They probably should have beat Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. They right. Were up at one point. And, I mean, talk about really just two coming out parties in different regards. First, we look at the losing Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, you know, our root for Wisconsin yep. showing here right here. God, he's John- a stud. Jonathan Taylor, the last like three or four weeks of the season, really proving that he has the potential to be a top. And top five back in the top NFL. Top three. I mean. And just exploded on the scene. Uh, had some really good, I mean, obviously, you know, sounds stupid, but really good runs. Um, proving why the Colts took him in the second round of the draft, or early on in the second round of the draft. I wish him the best. I, I He's a guy that I would have loved to see in green and gold. I knew it wasn't going to happen. Which is a shame. But he's a guy that I, I would have also loved to see another year in, Cardinal and White, but again, yeah. that's not going to happen. Um, no, I, I can't say enough good things about Jonathan Taylor. On the flip side of that, though, the victorious Buffalo Bills. What a great year for Josh Allen. He's going to be a superstar. Such an entertaining dude, both on and off the field. He has that equality, though. He has that. He does. I mean, he, as of right now, he's probably the best quarterback in that draft class. I mean, Lamar's special. But I don't know if it's sustainable, and that's a different episode we can talk about. I I agree with that, probably. Um. Then there was Sam Darnold, who jury's still out on Baker Mayfield. Jury's technically still out on. We've seen going more towards good than bad. I think that's a fair statement. And then Josh Rosen, who, I he's San Francisco. I think right now technically has bounced around a lot in three years, which isn't fair to him per se, but. It's not crazy though that he was. People were saying that he was the best quarterback in that draft. Yeah, yeah. That was the big. That was a hot take right around that time that he was something mm-hmm. else. And, mm-hmm. You know, and I, in a sense, I, I feel bad for him because he hasn't really gotten a fair shake anywhere. He starts off in Arizona, terrible head coach. But you know, I was listening to one of the NFL guys talk the other day, and they said that you know if someone has it in about three practices. Oh, without a doubt. So he just must not have it. 
right. I'm guessing at this point. It might not be not a fair shake. It just might be to the point where he just Wait. isn't an NFL player. So you're saying that uh, they know whether Tua has it now or not? Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw the reports out of Miami earlier yeah. this week, but they were saying a lot of the locker room was not thrilled about the Tua decision. Well, it's I don't think yeah. the problem with the Tua decisions, it's not even Tua's fault per se. I mean, he he played okay, but they were winning games with Fitzpatrick, and they decided to start Tua just to start Tua. It wasn't that Tua won the job. It's just they made a decision to make a decision. So one of the reporters in the Miami Herald said that it one of the anonymous players, of course, said that when they went to Tua, they were kind of questioning why. Because no, right. That's, they didn't really see it in practice. That's my point, though. They made a decision to make the decision. He didn't win the job. They made a decision to to play Tua, to, to literally just to play Tua. Which kind of baffles me, too, because I, when I was in that draft class, I thought Tua was going to be the one you wouldn't bust on. Right. And it's still too early to decide. I mean, he's played, what, six games? Six or nine games, something like that? Somewhere in there, yeah. But, yeah, no, that's what they said. They said that Tua's not what everyone thinks he is, I guess. He's oh, a great kid, though. Great leader, great kid. Just doesn't have that special <clears throat> traits that people look well, for. Well, and, you, you know, to an extent, you kind of knew he was going to be a Project NFL quarterback. That's why Fitzpatrick, you know, staying put made sense. Starting Fitzpatrick, given the injury also to Tua, made sense. Yeah. Then you start you start Tua, but the literally the decision to start Tua, which I mean, not to conspiracy theory here, but I think it was a decision from the GM, not from Brian Flores, because I think Brian Flores is sitting here like, dude, what the hell? But at some point though, this recipe of success in the NFL lately has been get a quarterback on a rookie contract that is outplaying the contract and be able to put pieces right. around him, right? Right. So at some point, Miami has to get Tua on the field to know if, especially with the third overall pick with Houston, what do you do at that point? Do you draft another guy or is Tua? you you got to know that before. Right. No, absolutely. Because that's about the time they started him, right, was when Houston started, the wheels started falling off. A little bit after, but right. when they saw that that pick was going to be top High. five, right. they started that's Tua. Really, that's really funny you say that because now that the the – the rumors are out there that Deshaun Watson isn't very happy in in Houston because of the decision with Nick Casario as the GM that he was supposed to be a part of. Now that uh, that it's possible the Miami Dolphins and, and the Houston Texans could pull off a blockbuster trade with uh, you know, Miami's uh, bevy of picks that they have uh, stacked up here, mm-hmm. along with Tua. For Deshaun Watson, that that is a uh, a very real rumor going around. Right I would be now. shocked by it. I don't. I don't see it happening, but I would be shocked by it. I'll put it that way. I don't think Tua is a bad player. I think that he has potential to be a decent NFL quarterback. I just wonder that hip injury is one of those ones that people. That's never literally what ended. I'm not ended, but basically finished off Bo Jackson's career. Same. And injury. that's one of those things that people tend not to recover from. And I wonder if that's part of it too. Like, I wonder if he's not right there. I'm not exactly healed all the way. So jury's still out, but we'll see. All right. Well, so I'll, I'll tell you what, if I'm Miami, I make that trade in a heartbeat, you know? All right. So all that said, we'll go back to on the field from this weekend. The game that ends up mattering the most for the Packers, the Rams go into Seattle without the 12th man present, and knock off the Seahawks in the playoffs. L.A. traveling to Green Bay this weekend. We'll get to that pretty heavily here later on. But all in all, 
pretty kind of shocking in the, how the result was. Not not the end result per se of who won, but shocking in the sense of how lopsided it was. Actually, Ramsey called that game, if I'm not mistaken, mm. on last week's show, which again doesn't the the result of the Rams beating the Seahawks. If you just show me that headline, I'm not shocked by the fact that it was as lopsided as it was, considering you didn't know who the quarterback was going to be, and then they go they don't play Goff. He's available. And then within, what, two possessions, starting quarterbacks out, he won't play this week. Jared Goff is officially the starter against the Packers. That all said, I, good for the Rams and good for the Packers, really, too. Well, the Rams dominated line of scrimmage on both sides for the majority of that game. They did. And, and that's, Seattle's offensive line couldn't stop. Well, Seattle's line as a whole, like I said, you talk about dominating the line of scrimmage. For so much of the first part of the season, it was everyone talking about the Seattle defense. And and fair or unfair, because of how good the Legion of Boom was, any Seattle Seahawks defense isn't going to compare to that, but it's going to be mentally compared to that. And because of how far off they've fallen, you know, losing just about everybody except Bobby Wagner from that team now at this point. And granted, you know, they add Jamal Adams, but still, I mean, just a totally different team that... Just, I mean, like I said, the defense started to figure it out. Then the offense kind of went belly up. And both kind of happened at the worst possible time for Seattle. I'm not heartbroken about it. I don't think Seattle has that much talent on their roster as of today. I think they have a really good quarterback and two pretty special defense players. Right. Two Hall of Fame defensive players. Those guys are both major. Right. So I think they have some a lot of – they're very top-heavy. So say what you will about that. They'll – They'll figure it out. I just have trust in Pete Carroll that he'll and the front office as a whole. Yeah, and very good, front very office well-run too. organization. So, Justin, any parting shots on that game? I just, you know, uh, it's an exciting matchup coming ahead. Um, but the the game as a whole, I was just very impressed with how well they they were. <clears throat> excuse me, that they were able to uh, kind of keep uh, Russell Wilson in in the pocket and and, well, and really affect affect the timing of. Uh, Russell Wilson looked rattled that entire game. Yeah, that's the nature of the situation, and that's maybe fair or unfair to him. But he looked rattled that entire game, and I really that's like the first time we've ever seen Russell Wilson truly rattled. There's been a couple other times, but not on not on that kind of stage. Yeah, right. So then we go to the nightcap Saturday night, Washington football team, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay gets the job done as we touched on earlier. I mean, nothing shocking, I guess. I mean, it, that game actually went almost exactly how I expected it to. Yeah. Washington kind of having a chance towards the end to tie it and just didn't. But, again, nothing was super shocking. Washington kept it a game, which I kind of anticipated. I think a lot of people did. I'm really impressed with Washington. That's one of the best 7-9 and nine teams, I think. Besides maybe the, the Beast Mode Seahawks a couple I years ago. That, I think that... Washington football team is better. That team, they they're a quarterback away. And Taylor Heineke played really well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he did. I don't think he's necessarily the answer in Washington per se. Right. But he's definitely in the conversation of guys you want there next year to be yeah. in camp and yep. see if he can win the job outright. Which the dude played with a separated shoulder for m- most of the game. And he looked good. He looked good. He was the. I think he was the better quarterback that game. I mean, statistically speaking, he was quarterback rating. Okay. That's fair. But. Again, just a great gutsy effort from him. Kept the team in the game. Alex Smith, unfortunately, available. 
Still comeback player of the year. Great story with it's him and Ron me. Rivera there too. Name it after Alex Smith at this point. <laughs> Honest to God though. But uh yeah, no, great, great game there. Uh did not disappoint. I mean it was kinda it was a I don't think a blah game is fair, but it was just it was a good football game. I probably had the most fun watching that game all week. Like I said, we got a little Tom Brady and then the Washington football team showed out and I think the most fun I had was well, as a football fan was the Bills Colts game. Yeah, that's fair. But we'll get to the other more fun uh, aspect here in a little bit. So then we flip to Sunday, and just I'm sorry to cut you off, Justin. Any uh, parting shots here with that uh, Washington football team Bucks game besides you being wrong about your prediction? Oof. Yeah, just wrong about the prediction. But I thought the best part of the game was the uh, the the four yard super fly by Taylor Heineken. That was uh, just absolutely amazing. I think uh, I think a team that is searching for a quarterback should, you know, probably go and and and, and sign him up and maybe even get a sponsorship from Heineken beer and and uh, just Heineke, uh, see, see where it goes. Heineke Heineken's there it is marketing yeah. gold. So then we flip to Sunday. Sunday starts off with the game that I sent sports bet on. Uh, Ravens end up knocking off the Titans. Is what it is. It's still a good game. It, it that was another one of those games, though. That I mean, it was it was a close game. I don't know if I'd say it was a great contest. Lamar Jackson is fast. Yeah, yeah, he is. Like he is not as fast, fast. as Daniel Jones or Swivel Hips Doll over there. Huh? Hey, well, yeah, that's right. That's hey, it. Yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, I think the better team won that game. So do I. I think Baltimore's probably the fourth best team in the league right now. I wouldn't go that high. Well, but, well we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, but that said, I mean, it was still a good game. Like I said, I think the right team won. Would I have been shocked if the Titans won? No. Are they a very good team? Yeah. But, again, I think that game shook out exactly how it needed to. Yeah. Justin? Uh yeah, you you know, uh, just a little disappointed about how uh, Vrabel talks about how he's uh, a kind of a, a a balls to the wall kind of coach, and then he punts on fourth and one in a in a in a spot that you desperately need. So that was just disappointing. I thought that the uh, the Ravens did a fantastic job in, in bottling up Henry, and that's the name of the game. You bottle up Henry, you force some uh, number seventeen to to beat you, and uh, you know he's no Baker Mayfield. He's not going to beat you <laughs> all the time. Or Chris Middleton. Yeah, or Chris Middleton. Oh, interesting. Accurate though. I mean that that's pretty fair. So yeah. then we go into what I thought, and so last week on the show, the guys challenged me to watch the entire game on Nickelodeon, and I did. I watched the entire game. Justin didn't think I'd get more than what was it a quarter? You predicted Justin. Yeah, I didn't think so. I I know I wouldn't have. I mean, part of it was out of spite. I said the whole thing, though. Ramsey had faith in me. It, it was actually. So, a couple comments on that broadcast. I think it's a great idea by the NFL to expand their broadcasting and make it a kid-friendly format. They had Nate Burleson doing an amazing job explaining the ins and outs of football, doing, you know, really... Dumbing it down is not a fair term, but it's essentially what he did. He he kitted it down. Made simplified. It, simplified, yeah. Made it kid-friendly. 
um, had a great way of presenting the game to be conversational. Noah Eagle, son of uh, CBS Sports and uh, Westwood One, Ian Eagle, yep. broadcasted the game fresh out of college. Sounds exactly like his dad, by the way. Oh, good. Sounds exactly good. like his dad. And did a great job on play-by-play. They had uh, Lex Lumpkin and Gabby Nevaeh Green, or I don't remember what her name was. Two kids on some Nickelodeon show who, they played the part. I mean, they were both good. I'm not going to sit here and, and rash on, you know, just beat down on two kids who are like 14 or 15 years old. You should. I'm not going to. I'm going to well, take the high road. You shouldn't. It's a family-friendly show-ish. Family-friendly-ish show. I'm going to take the high road. Um... Punch some kids. <laughs> that yeah. said, like I said, I think they did a great job of balancing it between knowing there's going to be little kids watching, potentially their first game ever. They had Nickelodeon-style graphics. They had, like, the first down line, instead of just being that highlighter yellow, was Nickelodeon orange. It had, like, a slime line around both sides of it. Has ratings come out for that game yet? I don't know. I, I, I'd, I'm I'd assuming, be fascinated to see that. I'm assuming they did, and I'll look that up here as I go on here. But the game, like I said, they did a great job of balancing it for little kids and also getting, because they knew that people were going to, like me, were going to be watching. People were going to be watching for the nostalgia and just see what the hell was going on. And they did. And they made references to Drake and Josh. They had the slime can, the virtual slime cannons. They mm. didn't have slime on the field, but slime cannons. So remember the old, uh, like you know, getting slimed at the Kids' Choice Awards or whatever. That was really cool. Somehow Mitch Trubisky won MVP of the game. Supposedly it was a Chicago thing. Chicago Bears Twitter, I guess, forced that to happen. Yeah, no, but like I said, all in all, really good broadcast. Um, I'm really, I did have the name by the way. I'm just kind of searching it. Gabrielle Nevea Green I nailed that. I don't know if you also saw this. It's kind of one of the funnier things that came out. Um, they accidentally gave her Tony Romo's like eight hundred page prep note like book. Really? And <laughs> instead of you know just she was sitting here on the broadcast talking about ice cream, and uh, they gave her his his prep book. I don't even know if I would know what to do with Tony Romo's prep book. Oh, like, not a not at all. I might I I'd understand some of it. Yeah, but that's about the extent. Like probably what two hundred of eight hundred pages. Then they also had um, SpongeBob in the goal, the goal post. Unfortunately, a little bit of a missed opportunity. He did not laugh at a missed field goal, and he did not like you know, kind cringe. of flinch or cringe uh-huh. when he got hit with a good field goal. So that was kind of a missed opportunity. Um, two, I guess, really funny parts. I don't know if Nickelodeon would want on TV. Cordero Patterson just dropping a monster f bomb clear on Mike. When he got so towards the end of the first half, he got picked up. He got called on a uh, for not coming back in bounds on a punt. He was the gunner. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. And he's just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Clear as day. Good. When they start doing the broadcast, at no point did they apologize for the bad language, but it was so funny. Twitter went nuts with that. The other joke that they ran with that was at the end of the game, Drew Brees tried to do a quarterback sneak fourth and one, jumps over the pile. Initially a touchdown, Nick virtual slime cannons go off. Then they go to review. Turns out Drew Brees was short. A premature slime cannon <laughs> is what Noah Eagle called it. And he was making him and Nate Burleson laughing hysterically, both just making like, you know, comments about how they wished 
they wanted to make that joke all game, and they finally had a chance. <laughs> and not that, not that the CBS Sports broadcast was a whole lot better. I mean, you had uh, Romo Tony Romo letting it rip a little bit, making a Justin yeah. Tip reference. But either way, I mean, good good overall. Um, is Tony Romo not a great broadcaster? He, he is great. He I is lo- great. I love Tony Romo games. But yeah, so great overall broadcast. Terrible game, really. Uh, by the way, the Nickelodeon game drew 2 million views. Wow. So, I mean... That's more than I thought. The regular version had about... The CBS game had about 30 million. The Nickelodeon version had 2 million. Approximately, according to ratings that came out via... What you, what's, the, what, like, what's the age bracket on that, you think? I don't know. Like I said, I think that's really confusing because, like... You had a lot of kids watching it. You had a lot of people who are, you know, our age, Ramsey, watching it for that nostalgia. Yeah. It had a lot of Drake and Josh references that we grew up with. Um, like I said, a lot of stuff throughout. But two million on a cable network—that's that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a no. That's, that's a good, solid. That is program. More, I, any and any cable broadcast would want those ratings. Yeah, no, that's good. That those are good numbers. That's I'm I'm surprised by that. That's. I mean, if you look at Twitter during that game. It's not surprising how many people were watching that game or had some yeah, like, no, but viewing way of that game. But, but yeah, yeah, no, good for them. Good for the NFL, yep. you know, making a play to good for Nickelodeon. hit out a new avenue to fans. I mean, the MLB would never do anything like that. And I love the MLB, but they are not good at advertising at all. They're branding. The worst professional sport at advertising. Besides maybe the NHL. Yeah, but the NHL has an excuse. No one watches hockey. No, right. I'm. I'm just saying. Like I said, the I bet the idea of having like a slime cannon after a bat flip and a home run, like on a if they did a Nickelodeon MLB game, that is the only thing I want. Would melt. make all the old baseball the 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 tr- the quote unquote true pure baseball fans shit their pants. I would. That's all I want in life now. I would just love to that. watch Twitter implode on itself of all these so called baseball purists yeah absolutely but it'll never happen no. just the way how mlb doesn't even put their stuff on youtube that much because they have their the mlb advanced media which is a joke but they they don't do themselves any favors we can bash mlb another day yeah we can and just any closing comments on the awful game that was the bear saints yeah there's not much to talk about there you know we you know i was just a, a, a prayer that maybe the the Bears could sneak one out so that the the Packers could have an easier route, but uh, Trubunsky was Trubunsky, and and their wide receivers can't catch a pass on a on a yeah. deep wide open shot. And to so, quote, yeah, there's not much to talk about. There. To quote my guy rookie at 107.5 the fan Trubinsky, as he often oh, says, but uh, to the to the ire of Bill Rabior, the Chicago native Chicago fan. Uh, that said. We get into the last game, which we had talked about pretty extensively early on here. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, that much more we had to say about that game. Just kind of shocking how it all played out. I mean, like I said, just on the surface, Cleveland really didn't... I mean, they had a right to be there, but you, most everybody, including myself again, as a... I would say not bandwagon Browns fan, but a... No, you're a Browns fan. You're yeah. a Packer fan, but like... Packer um, fan that supports the Browns. You're pulling for Cleveland right. when... They're not playing Green Bay. So, I didn't think they had a prayer. And then they start off the game with that botched snap that uh, went over Big Ben's head and ends up in the end zone. Because Big Ben doesn't want to dive on the ball, a la Cam Newton. Bad luck. 
yeah, not a great look. And then, so then it's 7-0. Force an interception, 14-0 on, like, three plays. Force the three and out from the Brown, or from the Steelers. Get a punt. Not a great punt either. Then it's 21 nothing like that. Yep. Then another big Ben interception. It's 28 nothing to end the first quarter. Yeah. That game was done. That game was done. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the, the score was not reflective of what actually happened in that game. That game was done. I think Pittsburgh was only down 14 with the ball and driving, though, at one point until Ben threw another interception. But like I said, though, that game was done there. Cleveland goes into cover two, pre, kind of a not prevent, but cover two, just base defense to not screw up. Pittsburgh starts having to bring the house and, you know, to an extent rattles Baker a little bit, but Baker still had a pretty good game. If you look at this QBR, all how, the stats were in his favor. How good is TJ Watt? So good. And how mad are you that he's not a Packer that we passed yeah, he's on Kevin. him? He, that should have been Kevin King, but uh, I won't say anything negative about him. Because of a Twitter beef him and I got on, that's an episode for, or thing for a different show here. Once he's probably officially gone, I'm probably getting that deeper. I'm only going to bash Kevin King from now on, <laughs> on Twitter. Check All right. Out. That's that's fair. It's like I said, it's something I won't do, but it's it's something that's very uh that's very fair to do. I'm not scared of him. That's fine. It's just like I said, personal thing. We'll get into that in a different episode. That said, we get into Packer football this weekend. The kickoff game of Saturday afternoon, which is kind of bullshit in and of itself. You have the number one seed in the NFC playing at home in Lambeau. Can you imagine Saturday afternoon if this wasn't a COVID year? Oh my God, I would be blitzed. Well, we went so not. I'm not gonna tell the full story here. The you know want to keep this you know pretty on topic here. Ramsey and I went to last year's Packers Seahawks divisional round game on a Sunday night, and all we said literally the entire night was, "Wow, I wish this was Saturday night." Yeah, I mean we had such a blast. I mean, we got down to the Titletown District about. Three in the afternoon, if not before that, maybe mm-hmm. two thirty, three o'clock. We were there till just about eleven o'clock after the game, partying it up afterwards, partying it up before, watching the game. Stadium atmosphere was electric. Yeah. The yeah. Standing the entire time, cheer literally cheering. I mean, most time you sit there and you know, you cheer for big plays, but defense on the field constantly yelling. I work in a call center as my nine to five, if you will. I couldn't talk on the phones for three days. It was a big game. But we'll get we'll get into that a different episode. That said, like I said, let's focus on the game itself. We have probably the best possible matchup outside of the Bears that the Packers could have. I mean, Aaron Donald's elite. But that's really the if that's really the only, I guess, fear in my mind is if Aaron Donald decides to wreak havoc and uh, Malcolm Floyd decide to, you know, really wreak havoc and if they're able to, I should not say if they decide to, but if they're able to might cause some problems, but truthfully speaking, I mean, Packers fans and Packer Twitter and Wisconsin sports Twitter, really kind of a dark place sometimes. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm part of it too. I mean, not as probably as dark as most people get on there, and I know Justin thinks he's dark or has that dark kind of pessimistic outlook at times, but it's it's a dark place to be in on game days. Mm-hmm. One thing goes wrong, it, the sky is falling, then it gets better, and these same people just, oh, yeah, no, go Pack Go, you know. It, it's kind of funny to me, but I digress. Um, a little bit of a tortured fan base. For really, honestly, decade, yeah. So. And I, I get it. I mean, we've had a lot of heartbreak in there. I mean, 
2016 or 2015 and we don't talk about game. that bail mary we don't talk uh, about that either the two boat race appearances between the falcons well, and the we 49ers. don't talk about that no we don't but no 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 we ain't <laughs> talking about the bad stuff because we're all trying to be positive here we're trying to be positive e. because i think for the first team time really in our lifetimes rams and i anyway <laughs> the green bay packers the Green Bay Packers, I think, are that it team this year. They are the class of the NFC. Yeah. They've proved it multiple times this year. I mean, they get they have one bad game against Tampa Bay. Not even a bad game, a bad half. They played a bad 30 minutes of football. Yeah, right, exactly. And, I mean, bad loss still a bad loss. There's a lot that we can say about that game. I don't know if it's a bad loss, though. They gave up, what, 14 points in 30 seconds? Right. Like, you don't overcome that. Traditionally, at least. No, right. That all said, I mean, as as dark as a place of, like I said, and this is what my main point was, as dark of a place as Packers Twitter can be, can you imagine what the other teams in the NFC are saying right now? Like the other cities, like, you know, if there's a there's a route for Pittsburgh or a route for, not Pittsburgh, a route for uh, New Orleans or a route for Rams or a route for, you know, what Tampa Bay, those teams are shitting their pants right now thinking about playing the Green Bay Packers. I bet we can drink more beer than those podcasts. I bet we could, too. Yep, 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 yep. And I don't think, I mean, I think I think they are worried about uh, coming to Lambeau I would. to play Aaron Rodgers. But I don't, I, I mean. The teams that are left, I would not want to come up to Green Bay in 27 no, degrees with no. potential snow, right? Uh, as of right, right now, I think there's only supposed to be snow to Friday night, so tomorrow night. I think it should be subsided before the game, but still, it's both. I think a daytime high of twenty seven. Probably by kickoff, you're looking probably twenty five, twenty six. By the time the game ends, probably, I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist, but I'm guessing probably. That shit starts as soon as they step off the plane, and they and they feel that cold smack them in the face, and they're coming from from sunny L. A. Los Angeles. Uh, you know, they're that that cold smacks them in the face. They're they're toasted right there. That's what you might as well. Turn your ass back around, get on that plane, what? go back to LA because we already what? won. No, absolutely. I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't see this game. And I mean, if we want to get in the X's and O's here, and we should a little bit, Green Bay's offense really only has to do what it's gonna do. I mean, if they execute their game plan, I don't see a way that they lose. A little bit of uncertainty on the line. Of, you know, right now. We don't know who's going to be the starting tackle. You don't know Jared Valdir, given the COVID list. Everyone was at practice today outside of Kingsley Kiki, who was out with a concussion. That was expected, though, so no, at least no further COVID results that are hindering good. the team. Really good news for the Packers. Rick Wagner, I believe, was practicing today. Good. So that's good news. You still got Runyon in the wings if need be. So good news on, on those fronts. And uh, like I said, I if Green Bay's offense executes to the capacity that they can, you know, you get Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams involved early, maybe a little bit mixing in some A.J. Dillon. Yep. I don't think the, that J.O. and Ramsey's going to shut down Devontae Adams like a lot of people nope. seem to think. I don't think that's as scary of a matchup. If you look at J.O. and Ramsey's past, doesn't do well against elite shifty receivers. Devontae Adams is an elite shifty receiver. Uh, like I said, I think last week, Devontae Adams might be the best receiver I've ever seen play. Absolutely. He is really good. I've never seen someone that can get open without being 
he never uses his hands. That's well, the amazing part. Because his hand, and he's not overly physically. I wouldn't. I don't want to say gifted because that's not what I mean. But he's not a freak athlete like someone overwhelming. He's not. Yeah, not an overwhelming athlete. He just gets open. He finds space. Yep. He gets open. I, I know we kid just about being quick feet doll, and that's a different episode that hasn't been released yet. Oh, it's amazing. But it's amazing. Devontae Adams' feet are honestly, it's like watching Unbelievable. Alan Iverson. It's like watching Alan Iverson. Yeah. And Alan Iverson's like prime. It's like watching Justin Dahl on the uh, on the old dance floor is what it's like. It's like watching Alan Iverson in his prime. <laughs> I have never <laughs> seen, like I said, a receiver just, and he makes it look so effortless. Yeah. No, he absolutely. He just kind of is running around and just getting open. And I, I know there's so much more into it than that. I but. have said this quote from Aaron Rodgers before. I think I said it in episode four, if not episode three. And if not multiple times since then, Aaron Rodgers has long time said that Charles Woodson is the best player he's ever played with in any capacity. He's played with some, you know, you look at Greg Jennings, Julius Peppers, Brett Favre yeah. himself. Yep. Um, I mean, that's just a kind of top of the list. Jordy Nelson was an elite Packers receiver. Mm-hmm. Nick Collins. Like I said, the list kind of goes on and on. He's played with a lot of elite talent. Or not elite, but really good talent. Above what most players have Right, right, right. My point being, he said, his quote was, long time Charles Woodson has been the best player I've ever played with. It's time to put Devontae Adams in that conversation. Yeah, Devontae's special, man. He's. And you know what the weird thing, I mean, and I know I was part of this to a lesser extent than a lot of people. Devontae Adams was on the verge of getting cut at one point in Packer. It wasn't, yeah, it was close. Like, I mean, it was, I at one point I predicted that Jared Aberderis and... Uh, Jeff Janis would make the team over Devontae yeah. Adams. Yep. And it wasn't like that uncommon. Of a t- it was a very common take. Oh, yeah, that was not a hot take at that point. That no. was uh And, I mean, he made us all eat his words, or our words, I should say. Yep. And, I mean, that, that year the Packers actually ended up keeping all three. Mm-hmm. And clearly the right choice, you know, long term here and in the short term. Because Devontae Adams showed out that year, and yep. that's where the build that is currently Devontae Adams started. I mean, I, you got to think he was going through the Twitter feed, going through the sports radio, going through the yeah. newspapers, and and knowing that he could be more, and then just did. That's really all that there was to it. And I can say this about Devontae, too. He is a legit good person, too. He is a wonderful human being to be around. Oh, absolutely. So if you have the chance to interact with Devontae, he's... Six social distance, of course, this yeah. year. Yeah, yep. And one of the greatest all-time quotes, by the way, last year during, you know, last year during the uh, the playoff run, there was a flu outbreak on the team before that Seattle game. Devontae Adams, wash your hands and wash your butts. Yep. All-time great quote, all-time good guy, all-time type of receiver. Yep. Like I said, I don't think that's going to be a bad matchup at all. And then I think Lazard and MVS and Big Bob Tunyon, Bob are going to take advantage of their matchups because of the focus that's going to be on Devontae Adams that really is every week. And you see Aaron Rodgers pick apart the other team's defense yep. and still get Devontae Adams open. Okay. I'm not worried about this matchup. No. As I mean, there are things that could go wrong, and we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, no, I don't see any situation that those things happen. And the defense just play. I mean, you don't have to expect a, a Tennessee-like nope. game from the defense. If it happens, awesome. I think it's possible. I mean, they they have gelled at the right time defensively. The scheme seems right. 
everything's kind of fitting into place to make a run. And that's very exciting because that didn't happen last year. Last year, they didn't limp into the playoffs, but they, they didn't, didn't look. They didn't great. sprint into the playoffs by any means. They're kind of like a Pittsburgh. Yeah, like, they look kind of like a Pittsburgh where people were like, "Is that team really a thirteen and three team?" Right, and I think that was a fair assessment of last year's team. Yeah, this year, this year they were a, a thirteen, 13 and, three and three team, that is the class of the NFC. Justin, well, I mean, I, I we just I'll just go back to what what uh, Ramsey was saying that you know he was overwhelming. I think the thing that is so so crazy about Devonte Adams is is the uh, the technique that he matches yep. with the uh, with the mental aspect of the game. You could tell from from the time that uh, that he was on the verge of getting cut to to where he is now. He spent so much time uh, rebuilding his body. Uh, getting a lot stronger, getting a lot faster. He cut a lot of but, weight. I think he cut ten or fifteen pounds at that point too. Yeah, yeah. And and, and to uh, into a certain aspect, getting his ass in the film room, and uh, and really really digging into what he needed to do to take that next step, or to take the step that he needed to uh, to to get to where he is now. Uh, I thought I think mentally is was the biggest improvement uh, of his game that uh, that really has led him to where he is now. Now technique, technique is nothing. I mean that's hard work. You know that's 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 mastering your craft every every day. Uh, but mentally that that's a grind. And and so he did the the two things that anybody can do. And uh, he he finally matched that with his with his physical ability. And then, like I said, I I think these other matchups. I mean, like I said, Big Bob Tunyon. By the way, if you haven't taken a chance to read his article in the, the Players Tribune, I saw it. I did not get so a chance. Me, I saved it. So, so good. Highly recommend it. Um, go check that out. Just a different dude. You know, such a good another one. Another just another great Green Bay guy. The, well, the, all those guys are great people. For the right, most, they're so good for the community and the Packers and what they do for everybody. Yeah, so check out that. Like I said, Alan Lazard, I think is going to have. I think actually, you know, one of these things I've kind of looked at since and how he's rebounded mentally too. Outside of the drop in the in that Bears season finale was MVS since that Indianapolis Colts game. And yeah. I think for the Packers to win a Super Bowl, he is going to be a guy that's going to be an X factor. Now that you're going to have to count on him to have ten catches and one hundred fifty yards. He's going to be a guy that can stretch the field and continue doing that, make a couple catches over the middle, which he has been better at. Well, I think Alan Lazard is another one of those guys that you're talking about, too. They don't have to be the best player on the field. They're just going to have to make a play or two coming down the stretch. And Alan Lazard, I think his biggest feature that doesn't get talked enough about, and this is what actually what, one of the reasons I loved Jake Coomer when he was here, his willingness and ability to block oh, downfield. So and that... Is can't be understated, especially. I mean, you look at any Aaron Jones long touchdown run. Guess who's there? Number Alan thirteen, blocking his way down, down the, the field. field. Yep. And then, like I said, I think MVS is going to be an X factor down the stretch here. I am, I have found myself rooting for him more and more just because of everything that kind of spun from that Indianapolis game, how bad it got for him personally, and I think that was. I wish it didn't happen the way it did. No one should. No one should ever send death threats over a football game. Yeah. 
that's I think it was a real kind of a wake up call mentally that you have to really lock in, especially this season. And again, I mean, he drops the ball against Chicago. That kind of swung the game for the time being. He's not perfect. I mean, he's he's not Devonte Adams. I don't think he's Alan Lazard. He's a solid number three that is going to have to make a play down the stretch at some point. Mm-hmm. And I, I have confidence at, in him to make that play if called upon. And I don't think I could have said that probably four or five weeks ago. Confidently, I would have been able, like I would have had the take that he needs to do that. I have confidence in him to make that play. I agree. Yeah. And that's that's how Green Bay can win. You know, if we want to take the Wisconsin sports route here and just what could happen that could be bad, and we're sitting here talking about what could have been. I mean, it, it really starts with the, the offensive line. If they're not healthy and, and Floyd and Aaron Donald just tee off and have a game of their life, and if the defense isn't, you know, if the offense can't you know keep up, defense is on the field a lot, Cam Akers gets the ball, kind of does exactly what he did to Seattle because the defense is on the field so long. Could it happen? Maybe. I don't see it happening. But that's really the worst case scenario. That's the only scenario I see that the Packers lose. If Green Bay controls the ball, doesn't turn it over, and wins the line of scrimmage, they should have no problem. And I'll tell you that, Green Bay. If, if they don't turn the ball over and they play okay, they don't, do any, they don't have to do anything special, they just have to play their game, this game will be all right. Justin? I, I think I think uh, the biggest thing for Green Bay going into the game is that they have to stop the run. If they, if they I mean, there is no doubt what McVay is going to do. I mean, everybody thinks of McVay as this as this boy wonder, this this awesome awesome coach that that will coach in ways that you know is not going to get beat. But there's no. There's no uh, thinking about it here. He has to run the ball, control the time, and, and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. So, uh, it, number one, Petten has to has to sell out on the run and make and make Goff uh, beat us. Uh, and and if he did, then you know so be it. But which I don't see happening either. I mean, that's just right. the nature of the situation. Exactly. If they're if they're able to contain the run. Again, not stop. No, you're not ever stopping an NFL running back. If you can contain the run, keep the running back out of the end zone, force Goff to have to play to beat you, I think you're sitting in good shape. Ideally, Green Bay scores quick, gets up a score or two, and Green Bay this year has been incredibly hard to beat when they had a lead. Real outside of that half in Tampa Bay, right? Half in Tampa Bay in the Indianapolis game. And in the Indianapolis game, they never, I don't think they, I mean, they went back and forth with the lead in that game, but that was a back and forth game. It wasn't like, you know. Yeah, you can lose that. Like I said, that's, right. a, that's a good football team. And I think in retrospect, even after that Buffalo game this past weekend, people realize how good of a team that Colts team was this year. Oh, absolutely. So that, that loss looks better in retrospect than what it did at the time. So we, we cover the NFC, the Packer game here pretty extensively. Should the Packers win, they'll be either playing the Saints or the Bucks. Do we have a prediction on that, guys? Tampa Bay by seven. Justin? Tampa Tampa Bay by three. 
I'm going to split the difference just to make it fun. I think Tampa Bay does end up winning this game. I don't think Tom Brady loses to the same team three times in one season. I don't think it's ever been done. I, I will nope. also go with Tampa Bay. I think it's a close game. I'm, I guess I'll t- say Tampa Bay by five, just to kind of split the difference somewhere in there. Um, still a single-score game in some capacity, but I don't know how that plays out either. Drew Brees isn't like he's throwing lasers anymore. No. He's throwing some lame ducks, and that's that. he almost got in trouble, what, two or three times in that bear game. Well, you look back, I mean, they only win that game 21-9. to it was a it was a disaster of a game, and there was what one interception that was dropped. Well, not dropped, but right was close. I think they dropped another one, didn't they? Well, I mean, any any quarterback's gonna get away with a couple of those. Aaron Rodgers gets away with those quite frequently. But that said, I mean, like I said, I don't see. I think because they've played at different times in the season. I mean, they start off week one, I believe, facing each other, and Tampa Bay didn't have time to gel. They didn't have Antonio Brown yet. I can't remember what week they faced off again, but Tampa Bay didn't look good that game either. I think they've kind of figured it out and gelled together better since that point, but, you know, I'm going to switch my pick just to keep the, keep it interesting. Oh, talk to yourself. I talked myself, I didn't talk myself out of it, but I don't know. I don't see either team running away with the game. I'll put it that way. And in that situation, I'm going to pick the Saints at home. How great of an NCAA championship game would that be, though? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, finally for maybe the last time, right? With I the mean, chance to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, we won't see them in the Super Bowl against each other, barring a trade of some sort again. But a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Lambeau. I think you have to make that the prime time game that that, that week, then, right? Oh yeah. Oh, well, they do Saturday, Sunday, though, don't they? No, they the go Super back Bowl. to back. Do they? But yeah, either way, like I said, I. I can't imagine a better situation. Really, if it's Packers, whoever, I think it's a it's a dream matchup in that sense. But oh yeah, I mean, Pack, you know, Rogers, Breeze for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Rogers, Brady for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, or, I guess the worst matchup possible would be probably Saints Rams, because I at think, least if at least if it's the Rams Bucks, you have Goff versus Brady two point I think the worst matchup would be. The Laser Show versus Taysom Hill. <laughs> That's your worst matchup. Terrible. No, absolutely. When... Yeah, well, yeah, that wouldn't be good on any front. But that said, we're going to wrap it up here with uh, just kind of closing out the show. Once again, thanking everybody for listening. And really just, again, like I said, if you want a chance to win an Aaron Jones signed jersey. You do. And you do. I mean, you. we don't know how long he's going to be a Packer. Hopefully, I think it could be potentially another couple of years here. We talked about that in episode four. You want that jersey now, yeah. especially if they're going to make a run to the Super Bowl. He's going to have a huge part in a possible Super Bowl championship here in Green Bay. Share the video. Share the things that we post on Facebook. Retweet it on Twitter. Tell your grandma. Tell your sister. Tell your best friend. Tell your brother. Tell your hairdresser. I Tell everybody you know, if you can. Share it on Facebook. Tell them to take a listen. If yeah, they take hate a it, listen. send us some hate mail. I love hate mail. <laughs> yep. Send it right over. 
And with that, I do want to thank everybody for listening once again. Episode 5 of Root for Wisconsin is in the books. Justin, thanks for coming on via Zoom kind of last minute here. Yeah, thanks, Justin. Appreciate it, bud. Ramsey, thanks for hosting another great episode of the Root for Wisconsin show. The best show that you haven't heard of yet. What makes us the best, we don't know. That's Episode 5 in the books. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again next Friday. Thanks. Hey.